that we're doing today changes how we fight cancer tomorrow. And I personally am just thankful for the people that have been fighting cancer 100 years ago, 80 yeah. years ago. Welcome everyone to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like it if you do, and leave a comment. Driving Podcast listeners, on September 14th, 2023, we will join the 41st annual Drive for Life Charity Gala with our annual red carpet live stream at the Radisson Hotel in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We hope you'll join us then. And as we did last year, until that September night, we look forward to featuring donors and charities and the causes they support here on the Driving Vision Podcast. For this first episode, we turn to our founding charity, the American Cancer Society. Hey, everybody, welcome to the special edition of the Future of Zach Today Driving Vision podcast. With me today, Senior Development Managers for the American Cancer Society, Cindy Kovacic. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have you back. You were here last year. And Carolee Waswick, you're brand new to us this year. We're excited to have you here. And how about this? We're sitting here inside Ziegler Studios. This place did not exist last year. And what a great facility and a great place for us to spread the important message that you're about to share with us. So, it's interesting. American Cancer Society is the premier benefactor of the Drive for Life Gala in its 41st year, and you've been there since inception. Have you been there since inception? 41 no, years ago? Thank goodness. Neither have I. <laughs> Carolee, no? No. Okay, very good. But we're excited to be here this year. Welcome back, and we're excited to talk about the Drive for Life event, which is happening Thursday, September 14th. It starts at 530. It's a half hour earlier than before. Um, and we're just excited today to learn a little bit about American Cancer Society, what you're up to, and uh, where that, how the funds really benefit the American Cancer Society. So, Carolee, let's start with you. You've been with the American Cancer Society for a little while, or for a little while, right? Yeah. Uh, how so did you join up? I started with the American Cancer Society in 2011. My grandmother had fought pancreatic cancer when I was very young. And so that was my initial like connection to cancer and my connection to the American Cancer Society. About seven years into my employment with ACS, uh, my mother was diagnosed with the same pancreatic cancer that my grandmother had. And so I did leave for a short period of time to yeah. take care of my mother when she was terminal. So, so is that hereditary pancreatic cancer? Um, actually, it can be. There are gene mutations that are linked specifically to um, pancreatic cancer, as well as a couple other cancers, all with that one gene mutation. Um, but my my mother did go through the gene testing to see if, or the genetic testing to see if she carried any of the gene mutations and she did not. So what that really means is that there's either a gene that has not been identified as being a hereditary gene to pass on the likelihood of cancer, or that it was environmental factors that contributed to that same diagnosis. Did you go through a process of like trying to figure out what might the environmental factors be? Cause that's an interesting thing. Yeah. So I could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of things that even the American Cancer Society is currently studying. One of the events that I was lucky to be a part of and a lead staff on was our CPS3 initiative through the American Cancer Society. And it's nation 
nationwide study with 300,000 individuals that have voluntarily participated to give blood samples and then their health history. And they will continue to report that information over 30 years so that we can see wow. where pockets of cancer develop in our communities and then identify the different factors that they all have in common to really pull apart and tease apart those environmental factors that contribute to cancer. And again, that is 100% being done by the American Cancer Society through volunteer participants in our communities. And we are, I believe, maybe seven, eight years into, into that. that study. Yeah. Wow, that's so. amazing. I mean, environmental factors have got to have a play in it. My mom had I've talked melanoma. She passed away after a few years of a crazy fight. And we always felt like it wasn't sun exposure in her case. We felt like there were uh, an apple orchard behind our house where they were spraying every single summer. And, yeah. and we really felt like there was a rash of that in our neighborhood. And in that case, environmental factors probably played a key. So you were working for American Cancer Society when she was diagnosed then. I was, yeah. What I... was that like? Like getting that yeah. diagnosis and that's your world. Like you've spent time raising money to help cure this? Yeah. So there's a lot that goes into that. That's a little bit of a loaded question. I love, absolutely love the work that I do for the American Cancer Society. And I do feel that the work that I was doing at that point really prepared me for my mom's cancer diagnosis. I think that I was able to navigate her cancer journey much better because I was able to talk to the doctors. I knew what to ask. I also had this amazing group of individuals that I got to know through my work that were on the other side of their cancer journey, which gave a lot of hope to me. And they were also able to give me a lot of recommendations and just guidance through her journey. We unfortunately lost my mom after a three and a half year battle to Sorry pancreatic to cancer. But what I will say is that the work that the American Cancer Society had done in the 25 years between my, my grandmother's diagnosis and my mom's diagnosis was very evident throughout her treatment, the different types of treatment that were available to my mom and the quality of life that my mom had through her journey was completely different than what my grandmother had. Mm -hmm. And that was due to the work that, that the American Cancer Society has done and the money that was raised. And I can see how far we've come and we still have a ways to go, right? Yeah. Like, and we're getting yeah. better every single day, but the work that we're doing today changes how we fight cancer tomorrow. That's beautiful. And I personally am just thankful for the people that have been fighting cancer, you know, a hundred years ago, <laughs> yeah. 80 years ago, 50 yeah. years ago, because they've gotten us to where we are right now. Um, and I think that that's really important to remember. So American Cancer Society has created progress thanks to the donations. Drive for Life is one of those. Before we go down the sense of community, which I think is so important when you're fighting anything like cancer, that can be such an isolating thing. Cindy, tell us what the mission statement of the American Cancer Society is. When you think of the vision what is the vision that the American Cancer Society is driving? It's really for cancer survivors to lead better lives, to have a better quality, to affordable health care, and world free of cancer. So that we've saved, I believe it's, that's where I just said, 3.5 million lives since wow. 1990. And I think Carolee and I would both agree, like our goal is not to have our jobs and because yeah. that there's no need for treatment. So it's interesting. We've heard a lot of people with big visions that have sat at this desk and been on this show. Bill Nye, the science guy, he said, hey, I want to make science a household concept, right? And he had a piece of paper that said that. An astounding mission, which he's accomplished. I don't know anyone that hasn't been touched by cancer in their life. I think every listener out there has been impacted negatively by this pernicious disease 
somehow in their life. What an astounding mission statement to say, we want to cure cancer. And yet everything that you do pushes towards that. And in fact, last year we learned the thing about your leases, which I was just sharing with another coworker. Like you write into every single lease that when you meet your mission statement, you're out, it's done. It's like Seinfeld says, you know, I'm out. The lease terminates yes. the moment you cure cancer. Is it possible? There's not a landlord that doesn't has not disagreed with that. But yeah. Well, Carolee said something that I want to circle back to. Well, there's not a cure for all cancers. She did say this, and there's there's been more options and more treatment options that are so different than they were 50 years ago, yeah. 25 years ago. If you even remember at one of our Drive for Life events, Kirk Cousins talked about. I remember his father, Kirk. Yeah. And that his father had he been diagnosed 50 years ago, probably wouldn't be here today, but the treatment that he received, he had to have a small patch of skin removed behind, I believe it was his ear. That was the worst he had to go through. And so because people have more treatment options, and even if they are, there's more time, it gives yeah. you more time yeah. with that. Well, Cancer, well, it seems to be changing from, you know, a, a death sentence, yeah. you know, what, what people really saw it as being in the past to being a long-term illness that you are, yeah. you know, treating just like diabetes or something else. So yeah. we are making incredible progress. There are cures. People I think fail to understand is that cancer is not just one disease. It is 300 different types of uh, diseases that are all classified as cancer. It's cell mutation in your body where the cells are growing out of control. And so those can originate in different parts of your body. It can, you know, they can be different types of cells and they can also have different reasons for it happening, like for different exposure to different things, whether it's hereditary or environmental. So there's not ever going to be just one cure that, you know, is going to solve all 300 different types of cancer. Yeah. Um, but we are making progress in groups of them at a time. And yeah. that's why some treatments are better for some people than other people. But with like HPV, we found a vaccine that will actually prevent different, six yeah, six types different types of cancer. Of cancer. Yeah. And we are wow. just now getting to the point where we're starting to get the, the data back for that first round of people that have gone through it. We're seeing huge reductions in cancer diagnoses among those groups of people. And it really is about you know identifying how we can prevent cancer in the first place and then detecting it earlier so that it's manageable when we find it and offering better treatment options for people when they have it. So you've been exposed to a lot of people, your own mom, my mom, we've all got these stories. We know how terrible it is to fight through particularly a, a terminal case. Yeah. What advice would you give our listeners, given all the new technology, all the new knowledge you have, what advice would you give to our listeners to prevent cancer? What are some lifestyle things that you can do? Where I was thinking you were going with that question that I really want the listeners to know is get up their phones right now. And I want to go to your contacts right now. <laughs> I like it. Do it. So I'm, do I'm, 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 I've got I'd my like phone out. All right. What do I need? And I'd like you to add this number. It's 1-800-227. 800-227. 2345. 2345. Okay, it's, it's added. CIC or National Cancer Information Center. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Information is power when you're diagnosed with cancer. So if you call that number at midnight, someone's there, they can listen, they wow. can give you support. But more importantly, they can give you questions to ask your doctor when someone's been diagnosed. Often they, every word after they say you have had cancer is a blur. Oh, it is. So I remember they that. They can go call that number and it's going to tell you, these are what you need to ask your doctor. What stage am I? 
what is determined as success at this juncture after this treatment? Because sometimes people think, am I cured? I had the treatment. And that might not be their definition of success. It might be no new growth. Mm. And so they give you those questions to ask so that you're equipped or if you're underinsured resources, rides to treatment. So if someone's facing a diagnosis or doesn't know what the doctor just told them, that that's the awesome. they call. And the busiest day I believe is the day before or after Christmas there's a lot of holiday anxiety um, that comes around the holidays yeah you know it's interesting so the dollars generated by drive for life go towards this hotline and all the other things that you're involved in this hotline creates a community and community is so important when it comes to a terminal illness like that talk to us about the community that is there you alluded to it a little bit carolee what does that mean to people who are fighting this terrible disease so i have always said that having cancer invites you to you know this group or a club that you never ever want to be a part of yeah it's the best worst club yeah but it is the most (laughs) inclusive and most supportive group that you'll ever meet i personally work on the event side. So I work with large scale events across West Michigan, including our making strides against breast cancer events and our relay for life events. And those events are very much centered around our group of survivors and a cancer survivor is anybody that has ever been diagnosed with cancer from the moment that they've been diagnosed with cancer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So at our events, we have people that, you know, were diagnosed yesterday with cancer that show up looking for support. And we have people that are 50, 60 year survivors that show up at our event and the hope that the long-term survivors bring to those newly diagnosed individuals is so, so incredible. I have never met a cancer survivor at any of my events that hasn't welcomed every single person there with open arms and not just the survivors, but we don't often talk about what it means to be a caregiver. Oh, and yeah, that's it's big. the hardest it's thing that you'll ever do. It's exhausting, but also there's this part of you that feels like it's not okay to admit that you're struggling or that it's difficult or that you hate what you're going through because what you're going through is nothing compared to what yeah. you know the survivor is going through. And so there is this whole network of people that have been caregivers just like you that are able to take a step back and say, cancer sucks. Yeah. Being a caregiver sometimes sucks. Like I would never trade what I was able to do for my mother for anything, but there were days that it was hard and it's important to acknowledge that. And the community that you find within these events, it's all like-minded people that are trying to change the way we fight cancer for everyone. It's really amazing. That's beautiful. In fact, you know, I've heard it said before that the stress created by being a caregiver is similar to a divorce, a a loss in a job. It creates stress at an extraordinary high level over a long period of time, several years in a lot of cases. And that's tough to deal with unless you have people you can turn to as a support. And that network is provided by the American Cancer Society. That's awesome. So what does it mean to you to be part of this Drive for Life event? And none of us have been here since inception, except Harold (laughs) Ziegler and Aaron Ziegler. So thank you for that. But what does it mean to American Cancer Society to be associated with this event here in Western Michigan in Kalamazoo? Well, first of all, this is one of the biggest and brightest and longest time events in Kalamazoo. So we're so proud and grateful to be associated and affiliated with it because the dollars that it raised help many charities in the community, but it's also needed from the American Cancer Society. So we're so proud that we were chosen to be the premier charity that is supported through it because the dollars are definitely needed through the 
pandemic, we had a lot of the fundraising was impacted. And so those dollars are even more important than ever. Yeah, that's awesome. What does it mean to you, Carolee? It's amazing to see something happening in my backyard, right? Like to be yeah. part of such a huge event yeah. for the Kalamazoo community is, is absolutely wonderful. But more important than that to me is that we are able to fund life-saving research. Yeah. Um, in Michigan right now, we have approximately 15 researchers on grants from the American Cancer Society. We funded approximately $14 million in cancer research this year. Um, we have three researchers right here in West Michigan, which is wow. amazing. And so every dollar that we raise, you know, really does fuel the change. cure, the change. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I just, I'm very grateful that the Ziegler family has chosen, you know, to partner with the American Cancer Society so we can make a difference for everybody in our, not just in our community, but like literally in the world, right? Yeah. Like we're changing how the world yeah. is fighting cancer. Yeah. And it's, it's because of events like this in communities across the world. So that's awesome. Is there anything kind of interesting in that research that's happened over the last year? It's been 12 months since we all got together on our last podcast version, but I, any, anything interesting in terms of research that's, that's shareable or I can speak. I do yeah, have one that I can speak to like, she just so I, I am meeting with our newest researcher tomorrow, but the research portion for me is really uh, interesting and important. And I really enjoy being able to share with our donors what their money is really doing. So one of my favorite researchers that I met with within the last year is Dr. Chad Brenner. He is currently at the University of Michigan doing research on the American Cancer Society's dollar. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to hope that I get every piece of this right. So if Dr. Brenner is listening, I, I tried to listen very carefully when you, when you shared with me. But Dr. Brenner works with head, neck, and throat cancers. Uh -huh. And the cancers that he works with have a very high reoccurrence rate. So it's not just if the cancer will come back, it's just a matter of when well, the cancer will like come back. Like brain cancer, right? That's yes. a, yeah, a, a very difficult we're able to, to push them into to remission and yeah. hold them stable, but there's a really great chance that this cancer is going to come back. And so when you have a tumor in your body, which is what cancer is, we talked about how it like, you know, it's just a pocket of cells that's growing out of control, right? They're like cell mutations. Yeah. So when these cells grow, they still live and die just like your normal cells in your body. And those cells then deteriorate and are expelled through your body. And so Dr. Brenner was able to identify that those cells are filtered through your kidney and come out through your urine. Mm -hmm. He then was able to take the DNA and find the tumor markers in the DNA oh, wow. and create a urinalysis to find tumor markers in urine. So then wow. he's currently working with a set of individuals that have a high reoccurrence rate with cancer. And he has them taking a non-invasive, just a urine test, like just like like you do like yeah. at your normal doctor's yeah. office. Um, they part of a physical. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Physical. Yeah. So they take this urine test every month and send back the results. And then when they are diagnosed in the doctor's office, that they now have cancer again. Because again, we're expecting them to get cancer a second time or yeah. a third time. They catches it. They catch it in the doctor's office. Now they're going back and looking at the urine samples, and they're testing all the urine samples for it. And these individuals, what their initial findings are, is that up to eighteen months sooner in urine test, it says that there are tumor marks. 18 oh. months before a doctor's office is even able to catch the cancer. And that's when we're looking for the cancer. Wow. So I was able to ask Dr. Brenner, like, what does this mean long-term? Because for me, pancreatic cancer, you know, is where my mind always goes. Pancreatic cancer is 
really hard to find until it's too late. It's one that doesn't have any symptoms. There's there's no way that you're going to catch it almost every time it's a fluke or you're like at the very end stages of your life. So I asked, what does that mean for like pancreatic cancer? And he said that ultimately the goal would be to create a urine test that could be given to anybody to find tumor markers in their body, wow. identify <laughs> cancer at an early stage. The earlier it's caught, the more treatable it is, right? The if you catch it in that 18 month or whatever period prior to a very small pocket of cancer cells in your body, as opposed to when it's, you know, spread. has spread through your body or large tumors. So for me, like that is absolutely amazing. And I think that that could change, absolutely change the, the way that we fight cancer. And Dr. Brenner, again, is an American Cancer Society funded researcher wow. that is doing research right here in Michigan with, you know, donor dollars. Right. Yeah. And so that could be something that you see in your doctor's office in five, 10 years, you know, wow. and just, it's amazing. So, yeah. Which had that been around for your mom could have very well changed the yes. course of her life, her yes. disease progression or prognosis. Yes. What do you think it means to your mom and your grandmother to know that you're working on preventing this from continuing yeah. if it is somehow genetic? You will make me cry. I know that my mom is very proud of the work that I do. The weekend that my mom was discharged from the hospital. So when my mom was initially diagnosed, she spent two weeks in the hospital. It was actually um, seven days after my youngest daughter was born. So I spent two weeks in the hospital with my mom every single day. And um, the weekend after she was diagnosed, she had said to me, Carol Lee, do you know anyone who's beat this? And I think my mom didn't quite understand what I did, you know, yeah. as far as work goes. Yeah. And I was like, I do let's go to a relay event. So I strapped my baby on, I wore baby wearing my baby <laughs> and I took my mom out to an event out in, um, it was out by South Haven. It was uh -huh. Bangor. I took her out to an event and we walked the track and she got to meet survivors who oh, were wow. 20, 30, 40 year survivors that were on the other side of their cancer journey. And it was really, really cool to be able to share that with my mom. And just, you know, she was able to, you know, express to me the gratitude that she had for the work that I was doing. I think it had a new meaning for her as she was going through her journey. So, yeah. and it's gotta mean a lot to her thinking about her grandkids and other generations yeah. of people that because of the technologies that are being developed by those dollars may not yeah. have to go through the pain, suffering and challenge she went through. Yeah. Or her mom for that matter. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Artificial intelligence is kind of an interesting thing in the world today, right? It seems like sure it's is. almost a hot topic for the past year, whether it's chat GPT or just the technology overall, how does that impact cancer and the research that you're doing or does it? There's probably some, yeah, I was going to say, you aren't really aware. Okay. That. That's okay. okay. So that is a really great question. Um, yeah. and I could probably find an answer. No, for you, it's okay. It's just curious yeah, to me. Okay. My, my job is to go raise the money, yeah. you know, yeah. and to, to inspire the community, uh, yeah. to get more involved. And we have some very talented people on the back end that yeah. do cancer research yeah. and that yeah. is not me. So, well, as we said last year, our big hope is part of all of this, as we raise funds as part of the drive for life. American Cancer Society. We hope to be partners with you in ending cancer and completely obliterating this off the face of the earth. We appreciate your sharing your story of your own mom's battle and your grandmother. Of course, you've been on the show before and shared your own experiences. It's amazing how difficult cancer is and what a terrible disease it is. Any final comments or anything else you'd like to share with us? No, just a, a, a big thank you to um, the Drive for Life Foundation and Ziegler for con the continued support of the American Cancer Society. Thank you. Carolee, any closing comments? No, just the same thing, like just appreciation and gratitude for, you know, the support of the Ziegler family and the Kalamazoo community for coming together 
but we're excited to see you all on that night. And uh, hopefully we get a healthy part of breaking every lease contract American yes. Cancer Society has. And we appreciate you being here. So, you know, it's interesting in the fight against cancer, the American Cancer Society really is a trusted resource for not only giving funds, but going to find resources, aren't, aren't you, Cindy? No, and it's 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 really important. Besides that number that I gave you, we have a website, www.cancer.org. But it, you can go onto the internet and find anything yes. you want if you want to. And the so, algorithm is alive and real. Exactly. <laughs> and so we're a world-class trusted resource of the the pertinent information that you need to know. Not you can go, like I said, down that rabbit hole and find a whole bunch of information that may or may not be true. And so going to, you know, the American Cancer Society is really where you need to go. I love the phone number. I love the website as a resource. Having been through the experience with my own mom, I think all of us having been through it and seeing people to go through it, having a trusted source to go to for information in this world of way too much information is so important. Wouldn't you say like any, any other thoughts you have on that? Like, like you said, there's so much technology, even all of us will get our, my chart results yeah. before. Yeah. And then you, had a chance I to love that us. because how many of us have gotten those blood blood results and all of a sudden you're like, I want to Google what this means and you go down a rabbit hole, right? Exactly. Yes. And so that's why it's really important to put, you know, some of the resources together and don't just go down the rabbit hole, read your results and become your own doctor. Yeah. So give us that phone number one more time as a resource. It's 1-800-227-2345 and www.cancer.org. And then as well, go to driveforlifefoundation.com and be there with us Thursday, September 14th, beginning 5.30 p.m. Buy your ticket today, but you can also help to sponsor. And these monies, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the charities that benefit American Cancer Society, being the largest, the longest, and the primary benefactor of Drive for Life. So thank you both for being here. Thank you. A big thanks to the American Cancer Society for contributing to this episode. Until next week, how are you driving vision today? Today.